Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 263 of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Hashtag Free Jack, a.k.a. Tony Dalton, if you know what that means. We won't go in depth into what that means. (laughs) I don't even want to say what it's from because I don't want to give anything away. Tony Dalton's been in a lot of stuff. And he's been named Jack in at least six of them. So you just never know. Uh, I had. God. No, I was just going to say it's Hawkeye. Come on. I had something I wanted to say to kick off the show tonight, and I thought it was important. And then I forgot it. I can't even try to remember it. So I'm going to move Dude, forward. We're old now. We got to take notes. I, well, you're talking to the king of taking notes. I just have no idea <laughs> the one, the one what thing. the frick I wanted to say. Like, uh, maybe it'll come back. Well, hey, breaking news. As, I, as I'm as i saying this, Nintendo just put out a tweet saying that available now, they just dropped five more Sega games on their Switch Online service. Toe Jam and Earl. That's a good one. Oh, Altered Beast. Go. That was a pack-in title, a launch title. Dynamite Heady is a good one. Sword of Vermilion I'm not uh, super familiar with. And Thunder Force 2. So if you cared or thought that they were never going to drop more Sega games, they did. So there's that. I just really wish I remembered what I was going to say. <laughs> and I thought dogs laid eggs. Yeah, we all do. And I learned something today. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm beating myself up, but I shouldn't anymore. We got a big show. Let's get into it. We're going to start with our picks of the week. We got trivia two for me, two for Sam in our race to 11 win by two. Sam will start us off in the gaming space where we will recap the game awards. This is a big show. We said last week. Hey, if the game awards are good, or if it's worth it, I'll do a solo. If not, you can wait. Well, you could tell we waited, so that's the type of show <laughs> it was. Uh, I have deeper, fine, like real thoughts. I'm th- yeah. like three yeah, hours I'm, in to Halo Infinite. And I, Go ahead. Did, did I ask you? Did I watch or I didn't even ask you? Right? What? Did I, what if I what? About the game awards? Well, you saw a tweet of mine, and you texted me the tweet, and you're like, "That's not good." So. Was I was I was really hoping to see Nintendo. Up. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, well, if Nintendo if showed up, saw, he, Nintendo didn't show up. Like, yeah, you probably saw one thing you liked, and it wasn't. I enough. would have had enough for a top three, but it would have been like a reach for number three. Because there were two things that I definitely liked. But we'll save that. It's the first story in gaming, so you're not going to have to wait long for our recap of the Game Awards. My thoughts on Halo Infinite, three hours into a 10 to 15 to 20 hour experience. So, again, these are just impressions. When I'm done it in a couple weeks or something, whenever I get more time, I'll talk more about it. But I am into the open world part of it, so at least I can have some thoughts there. Uh, We have November's NPD, which I'm excited about. The top 20 best-selling games for November. A new... Nintendo 64 game is coming to the Switch Online in January. PlayStation 5 got some new colors and some new controller colors. That was going to be our top three, but that was a reach. So we decided to back off. <laughs> you know, it, it was a reach. I was like, all right, we'll have the same number one. Uh, Pokemon <laughs> Legends Arceus is getting a new Hisuian form Pokemon from Gen 1. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll list our top three favorite regional variants that started in Alola with Gen 7. Sun and Moon, Sam played through that. We talked about it on the show. That's where the first regional variants were uh, put into play. Then you had Galarian forms in Gen 8, and this title will have Hisuian forms. So lots to choose from. I think 47 is the total we had to choose from. So we'll do our top three there. Nintendo dropped an Indie World, which we'll recap. We have some Dr. Disrespect news. That's all, Sam. I don't give a whack. 
Uh, he's changing the game, baby. Sure he is. Uh, he's getting halo and call of duty. So, you know, definitely original, uh, movies. We have reviews for fucking franchises. (laughs) Wouldn't you think that's some good stuff? Spider-Man, no way home. And the Kingsman. We have the reviews for those. We have some eternals news and some kick-ass news before we go into TV with a Gotham Knights. New series is coming to the CW cowboy bebop on Netflix. May not be back for season two, and the Goonies are making headlines again before Sam brings us home with our weekly WADA. Sam, let's start where we customarily do with our picks of <sighs> the week. <laughs> the pick of the week this week. Uh, me and Kelly, we finished off a little mini series on Netflix. True story. You know, I, we, I know you're not a huge fan of Kevin Hart. Hate him. But. One of the main reasons I saw Wesley Snipes. Hate him. Well, that's, I like Wesley. that's my boy. And actually, Billy Zane's in it and Theo Rossi. There's a uh, cameo by an Avenger. I'm not going to spoil who it is. Uh, and Ellen DeGeneres, of course. I didn't know where she makes a random appearance, but I know her and Kevin Hart are kind of close friends or whatever. But again, true story. Not a true story, but I'm sure somewhere it's based on something, but. <laughs> The premise is the premise. The The premise. Oh, Jesus! It's late. It's it's been. It's not even. I'm even gonna say late. It's been a hell of a. I'm just gonna pile it up into two months. It's no. I understand the premise. I get it. I get it. No, again, I'm going with it. New word, premise. I'm sticking with it. I'm. You know what? I'm dying right here in this. It's the epitome of hyperbole. I I totally get. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, so. The show's about uh, it's it's a comedian. His name's Kid, and he makes it to stop in Philly, where his stomping grounds, where his brother lives, and basically a turn of events happens, and some twists and turns. You know, you, you just you don't expect to see it go this route. Um, Kevin Hart, it's it's Kevin Hart. It's you. I think you know what you're getting by now. Um, what I think what you want to see is Wesley Snipes and Theo Rossi. I think they're great. And the little bit we get of Billy Zane, I think is always fun to get when anytime you fucking see Billy Zane, but it's, it's, it's not long. It's seven episodes. One episode's freaking 27 minutes. I think then the longest is like maybe 57, but they're usually like in that 35 minute window window range. There was only like one episode that was long, but it was pretty good. It, it had a nice story. Had a little heart in there and just had some twists that I, I did not think was going to go down. But, you know, I was entertained for for seven episodes. So if you, you know, you got it, you know, a couple hours, check out True Story on Netflix. I just can't stand Kevin Hart. I know. I, and I was going to say, I, I know this ain't for you. You're you're not a Kevin Hart he fan. Is and I understand. so annoying. God, I can't stand him. Anyway, my pick of the week. I talked about it a week or two ago. I honestly can't remember uh, and gave my impressions, but I finished it and it's just so good that I got to shout it out now that I'm done and across the finish line. Marvel's guardians of the galaxy is a phenomenal game. Mm. It's just, it's a, you were singing his praises. Life, so I think you went on a five minute rant of how great you loved it. It was, it was so much fun. I loved it. It held up. Thank goodness. I was like halfway home or 10 chapter 10. I think I was on last time I talked about it. There's 16. So I finished it out and the final six chapters did it very well. It ended very well. Um, like I'm satisfied. There's character cameos that you wouldn't think would be a big part of the game, but there are the final boss is definitely something you wouldn't see coming. And it is, um, I, I, 
it's one best narrative, like best story of the year in gaming all over the place. IGN voted it the best story of the game or story of the year. The game awards it won best story of the year. It's like, I was, I had high hopes for that. And then I finished it after those two things came out. And I was like, you know what? Probably deserved. Um, if resident evil eight didn't get off the freaking rails, then that game might be up there. Uh, but in all sincerity, this was a fantastic story. It was heartfelt. Peter Quill shine. Drax is funnier. I'm telling you, he's funnier than in the movies. He's he is the star of this game. I loved it so much. Um, there's not even a weak performance. Rocket is not annoying at all. He's fantastic. They all get their dues. Even Groot has a storyline, um, and he literally only says, "I am Groot" the whole game, <laughs> and even in the subtitles, he's literally a tree. And and I loved it. So, uh, gameplay was really good. I love the like. It can be overwhelming at times because there's so much th- like so much to do. You can call on all four guardians at once, and then they each have four abilities. So like, there's so many moves and things to remember. So like, you kind of find which ones you like after a while, and you just kind of go with that. Um, but I tried to my best to like make it varied uh, and do my thing. But I just thought the gameplay was great. The story was excellent. The locations were fun. The dialogue was just fantastic. I loved it. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I said it last time. I'll say it again. It's worth the 60. It'll be on sale again. Ubisoft loves to put their or, uh, titles on sale. I think it's IDOS Montreal made the game. It's under Ubi's branch, I think. You can find it for $40 pretty soon. I'm sure there'll be a Christmas sale or holiday sale or something. That's where I would jump if you find it any cheaper. It is a no doubt, no brainer. And pretty soon Sam's going to have this one in his mailbox one morning. And I'm excited for you to just fuck around in it for an hour or two. And if you like it, I hope you continue it. But just try it out. It's really good. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I hope one day. Uh, It'll be in your mailbox. I just hope you get a chance to fuck with it. Let's get into our trivia. It's two for me, two for you. Race to 11. Win by two. A lot of twos going on here. Sam, hit me with your question first. All right, brother. What is the name of the official mascot for Cheetos brand snacks? Chester Cheetah. Chester Cheeto. Chester Cheetah. Cor- Chester Cheeto. I, I would. I was just going to accept Chester. So correct. Uh, I think Cheetos are the worst snack on the planet. They're not allowed in my house. They're definitely not allowed in my car. And if you eat them around me, I don't want you around me. And I'm not being facetious. I'm not. There's a serious thing. They're not allowed in my house. It's 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 not good when, especially when it, you know, you want to touch the you know the controller after after eating those. It's just no good. They are my number one least favorite food on the planet. So and like I, I'll eat blowfish over that. I'll eat fucking any delicacy uh, some third world country has. Swedish redfish. That's oh my most man, I love those. Just the small ones. When disgusting. they're big, I can't tolerate them. That's too it's too disgusting. much. Swedish Horrible. fish water ice from Rita's is great. Great. Sounds horrible. But yeah, there's no Cheeto water race. Um, I'm going to give you this one. And I already know the first words out of your mouth when I finish this question. And that's okay because you might be able to still get it. Okay. What was the first regional form Pokemon that was introduced in Pokemon Go? Can I have the answers, please? Damn it. That's not what I thought you were going to say first. Thought you were going to say the game's dead to me. <laughs> dude honestly i don't even know what you like honestly i don't know the question you just said so i'm just gonna hear a pokemon and i'm going oh my god of all the regional variants which was the first one to come to go okay the answers still no guess after that 
Like I definitely clarified no. what the question is. Yeah. Like you can't just all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Was it? They're all Alolan forms because they're clearly that was the first one to come. So, Alolan Ratata, Alolan Executor, Alolan Sandshrew, or Alolan Raichu. Same again. The first Pokemon in Pokemon Go from a regional variant was it Alolan Ratata, Alolan Executor, Alolan Sandshrew, or Alolan Raichu. Ratata. Executor. Do you remember what a Lolan Executor looked like? The long ass neck. Yeah. And they put him in Smash, dude. He's awesome in Smash. He divides the See, stage. I, know, I, I think at everything, that's my least favorite. It's, it's one of mine. Doug Trio and Diglett are up there. But yeah, he's one of my least too. But he also got the dragon I, type. So he's like really good now because he's a dragon. But I'm with uh, you. I, I, I still prefer OG Executor. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I hate Raticate too. Raticate sucks. Alolan Raticate. And Alolan. Oh, let me just like you just like Raditas. Like, ah. All right. Let me just take him until I, I catch another I, I put him on there because he's like the shitty little route one. And like you figure he's I, easy. I, I just figured that like, yeah, he would be a shit like here. Just take him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. You know. That's why I put him in there uh, for one of the guesses. But yeah, Executor was the first regional Pokemon to make his way into Go. So it's three for me, two for you. It's getting uh, oh, getting heated I'm, here. I'm, I'm already digging my hole if I keep giving you lob ups like that. But I'll take it over in gaming. And like we said, we're starting off with the game awards, so let's see what we got. Yeah, they were all right. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I they weren't good. There was no Nintendo, so I was like, oh, the, yeah, they weren't. I mean, I'm not gonna say it was a bad show because there was stuff I dug, but it didn't have to be three hours. Like that's the number one, three and a half if you count the pre-show, which we're four and a half max. That's we're, it. we're not gonna be talking about the pre-show, but like. It, that was just, it was just a long, long night. I didn't even get to start watching it till a little after eight. So I had, because of the putting the kids to bed. So I had the luxury of fast forwarding for a little bit, but once I caught up, goddamn, like it was, and I was hyped for that first hour. And then the second hour, which is when I started to tweet about it, it was like, all right, I get it. You got a lot of sponsors. You got a lot of ads. You're showing me shit that I don't care. About. Nightmare alley because Guillermo del Toro is your boy. So like, I get it. But, like, we don't need all this. And then you're scrolling through game awards like they're nothing. You're like, and the next one is, and this one is. And you're like, they're not. People are rushed on stage. For I just didn't feel like it was a award show. I felt like it was a big commercial. And then that last hour, I was like, okay, save me. It's 10 o'clock at night. Like, I'm watching Steelers Vikings. And I'm like, let's go. Come on now. And I, I feel like they just put on, like, a dog and pony show. It, it didn't do, yeah, it didn't do much. I mean. Game of the year was It Takes Two, which a lot of people wanted that. I don't have any friends, so I can't. I couldn't play it, really. It's a co-op experience. Um, Joseph Ferris, that's cool. Metroid Dread, Deathloop, like, you know. I'm glad Deathloop didn't win. That's really where I'm at on this whole thing. If Metroid Dread didn't win, it did win Best Action Adventure Game. Metroid Dread did win a game award, so that's cool. Um but like it takes two is kind of underwhelming Elden ring for the second year in a row. One most anticipated game. Like, give me a break. You got God of war. You got uh Pokemon legends. You got Gotham Knights. You got suicide squad, which you featured earlier that night. You got breath of the wild Two, which doesn't have a date, which is why I think it didn't win. Cause it's not concrete that it's coming out next year. So like, I get that, but there was that. I'm not going through the rest of the shit because like, if you want to Tom's guide has all the winners and stuff, but like, we came 
let's be real for the announcements. Like that's why we come to the game awards. I, I care about game of the year. Sure. But other than that, hit me with those announcements. And we got one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, seven. we got like 15 of them, which is fine. You know, I I'm, I'm okay with that. Seems like a lot. Yeah. And I would say that it was very top heavy. This show, the show felt like it got all the good stuff out of the way. And then it just kind of drug on. It, yeah. It drug on for an hour and a half. Uh, wait. Yeah. Like, at least an hour and a half too long. And it drug on to the point where I'm waiting for the thing to get me back into it. And it never came. So they loaded it up the top. Cause they probably figured, all right, a lot of people are going to say F it and go to bed. Uh, they'll watch it later. Uh, you know, I'll just kind of milk the teat a little bit, tease them and say, we got big shit coming when big shit just ain't coming. So, uh, this may be in order. It may not. I just wrote down a bunch of stuff and I don't remember where I put it all. So, uh, or when it came. So the, the one big tease, that I was excited for and didn't see coming. I, I, maybe I should take back the excited for the one big tease. I didn't see coming at all. Had no idea. It was even in development. Completely caught me by surprise. Uh, it was monolith soft is working on a wonder woman game. Uh, a single player experience. What'd you think about that? Um, I mean, I, I it's, it's, so I, I was in the middle of a sneeze there. Um, the game number one is is what three three years off. At, so at least I'd say. It, it's so you show me that it's like okay, well I'll see you again when you have something in a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So it's like it, it it didn't really do me any one way, but I was like okay, cool, it could be good. I mean, in my head, I'm still like I still wish they did that Superman open world, but okay, Wonder Woman, okay, I'll take it. It's crazy because, um, hold on, just one second. I am just just confirming something. Yeah, okay. Um, Monolith is the team that generally kind of works with Nintendo a lot. They made Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Xenoblade Chronicles 1, Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like, that's what they're famous for, these 200-hour giant RPGs on the Switch. So maybe, just maybe, we'd get a Switch Cloud version of this. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but like you said, it's so it's so far off. We got a 20 second tease with zero gameplay. So this was like the OK, guys, this is what we're working on. Are we a big enough team? Is this going to be the new Suicide Squad? Nah, this is a single player experience. No matter. No, what. no, I meant like you're just going to show oh, gotcha, us. Gotcha. Yeah. Not no gameplay for two years. I'm not even Great. sure the gameplay they Great. showed us for Suicide Squad was actual gameplay. So uh, I. It, it was shit. It, I'm still out on the game. <laughs> I was looking at this one and I said, and I texted you right after I said, I got to tell you something because it just hit me so hard that a, this surprised me and B it's monolith soft, which everybody thought they they have to be working on Xenoblade Chronicles three. I don't think that that necessarily takes them out of the running for that. I think they're a big enough studio to do both. But if you look at your portfolio and you say, what two games are you working on? And one of them is Wonder Woman, who's never really had her time in the video game sun, especially from a solo player perspective. And you're also working on a a third game in the Xenoblade or the fourth in a Xenoblade franchise, which is one of the biggest selling RPG franchises in the world. That's a pretty impressive portfolio for active titles. And so it makes me think also one of them's 200 hour RPG. The other one is super early in development and a superhero thing. These games are, they don't even know what it is. These games are far. It's just far off, particularly the wonder woman game. I, you know, I guess my big question about this one is, do you, do we need more 
superhero shit. Dude, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> Just to say, do we need more superhero? I'm still not caught up on Star Girl, Titans, Flash, Legend of Tomorrow. I'm overloaded. That I, I feel like I'm in, I'm I'm in too deep, and there's nothing I can do. All that's, those, that's where I feel about superhero. All of those are DC properties too, by the way. You're caught up on all the Marvel stuff because they've just been trickling out. Yeah, they, they trickled it, it. You know, like I, I want to jump on Titan. I saw the first three Titans. I, I thought they're absolutely great. I just haven't really had the time to sit down and watch them. I, with it, hey, I will say this: by the time this game comes out, you'll be caught up. Um, I, I, <laughs> I hope so, man. Because I, I, even Stargirl, I was enjoying Stargirl and Flash. Like the, the the Part Five crossover event is happening now on the CW. Like I haven't heard like anything, like no one talking about it. But eventually, I'll get there. Um, this is, there is one thing out in the world right now that is taking me out of my superhero fatigue is with how good it is and how much I'm enjoying it, but everything else, I'm kind of steadfast in it. Like, this is just another thing I don't think we need. I'm not a particularly big wonder woman fan as it, as it stands. I hate both movies. I just think they're just awful. Um, so (laughs) I just, I just don't need another wonder woman thing on top of another justice league thing, which she'll probably make an appearance in that. On top of another, you know, fucking Wonder Woman three when that eventually happens, like uh, it's just a lot right now, and I just don't know if I necessarily need because I'm not super jazzed. Spoiler alert: I'm not super jazzed for Suicide Squad, and I'm not super jazzed for Gotham Knights anymore. I'm just not. I need more. I it, we saw. I mean, dude, I'm not. I'm not in the Guardians. I wasn't in the Avengers. Uh, I'm not really interested in Wonder Woman. I played the only one kind of. I'm kind of interested is Gotham Knights. That's about it. I, I played. It's funny that you mentioned that. I forgot about Guardians of the game. I uh, just talked about it. I played that as if it wasn't a superhero game because there are zero. And I mean, zero aspects of that game where you feel like a superhero. I know that they are technically superheroes, but they don't talk about it. The story has nothing to do with them being superheroes. It's it's actually kind of weird. I played that game as like a buddy cop as opposed to a superhero just the way that that game works, it works really well as just a game as opposed to a superhero game. So I will admit that while I forgot about it, that's something I should have taken into account. I didn't. It was just a really good game. This is something I don't necessarily think I care about at, at all. I'm going to buy Gotham. I'm going to buy Suicide Squad. I'm going to pass on Wonder Woman. Okay. Uh, then we had Alan Wake 2, which was... My biggest would have been my number one. My biggest awesome freaking announcement of the night. This was long rumored. The remaster recently came out. So like, it's not a secret that this game was kind of in development because there were rumors nine months ago that remedy was working on it. There was, uh, uh, like I said, the remaster hit all console or all platforms. It was just nice to see it here and give it some time. And they're also changing the formula from the, the, I don't want to give it away too much, but it kind of flirted with action and horror in the first one. But they said this next one is going to be survival horror, which I love a good survival horror game, especially in the Alan Wake universe. Sign me all the way up. This was my favorite announcement of the night. It's it's a shame that I have no, like, no, I never really played Alan Wake. Well, so you were like, an I, Xbox I no- gamer. Remember, it just hit PlayStation for the first time a couple months ago when the remaster came out. And again, when I'm done, it's a nine-hour game. You can beat the shit in in two days. Um, 
when I'm done with it, it'll be in your mailbox because it's a game you deserve to play. It's a decade old and some pieces hold up. My mailbox is big enough for all these items. (laughs) (laughs) It's two PS5 games. I think you'll be all right. Uh, and, And I'm just so excited to jump back in it. A good survival horror game. There's almost nothing better when a good survival horror game hits you right because they're scarier than movies. 100% because you control the narrative. And uh, I just, I love it. I love it so much. Give me all the Alan Wake 2. We also got a a new announcement for a new Star Wars game from the team who did Detroit Become Human. Uh, It's escaping me right now what the name of the studio is. But they're a very cinematic studio. Like point and click, not point and click adventure, but like you make choices and stuff like that, as opposed to heavy gameplay, like let's say Jedi Fallen Order or Battlefront, stuff like that. This is going to be more of a narrative based, choice based title in Star Wars Eclipse. It's going to take place in the High Republic, which is the first game in the High Republic and only like the second or third piece of media. I mean, like the. I don't know if I just haven't been into gaming or even even Star Wars. The last time I Star Wars, I, I wasn't even feeling Battlefront. I don't, I, I, except 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 Airborne. That was a different level. That flying, you know, that missions, that multiplayer. That was also when I was on the ground. I don't know. I just found myself a little bit bored. It was another shooter at, at a certain point. I mean, it used lasers instead of guns. It just was another shooter. But I I liked yeah, Battlefront I mean, though. I can't lie. But I know when I was flying, like that was fun. You would like you know, squadrons that, then. I, I don't know why you haven't played squadrons. It's such a good. If you like Dude, flying, I, I game it, man. I besides Ghost, bro, I haven't played a game in two years. Uh, one year, but that's fine. It, it it was squadrons is a six hour first person fucking flying game where you fly around in space with shit, and it's awesome. So, and I have that too. So, if you want. It's in your mailbox. And it was also a PlayStation Plus free game like two months ago. So you had your chance to own it forever for free. And I think uh, you missed it. Maybe hopefully one day I'll, I'll pick up the controller. We got besides the Netflix. We got the PC version for Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate. So that's coming to PC. Destiny 2 The Witch Queen got an update. Slitterhead is a new uh, survival horror, very Japanese horror type game. Um, this one had the word silent hill in the opening and everybody got psyched and then they fucking faked us out and it's not, although it's coming because they literally said, Kojima said, I'll be here next year. And then someone said, uh, I think it was Del Toro. Please God. No, Del Toro <laughs> said like, up. Oh, I wish I saw silent hill. And then Kojima said, well, I'll be here next year. And then Kojima tweets something out. I don't like being alone. And, he, and then Jeff Keighley retweeted it saying, like, yeah, the silence of the hills get me nervous, too. It's like, guys, just shut the fuck up and just show the game already. You, you had your chance. <laughs> uh, but Slitterhead, it's like some weird shit where these monsters literally pop out of people's brains. It, it looked massively scary. Uh, it looked cool. I like Japanese horror. And again, I just said I like survival horror. So if you do something neat with the genre and not just another low ammo, here you go type deal, then I'm in. If it's going to get weird and shit, well, then I'll rethink it. Uh, Nightingale, don't remember that one, so I can't talk about it. Lady Gaga is coming to Beat Saber. We got our first look at the delicious last course, the DLC for Cuphead. It's more Cuphead, but that's not a bad thing. Uh, that would probably be my second favorite announcement of the evening. That was cool. Um, Sonic Frontiers. All right, let's stop here. Let's because I know you have to have something to say about Sonic Frontiers. We got our look at it. If it wasn't Sonic of the Wild, I don't know what what is. Um, but we saw Sonic Frontiers. It looks like it's going to be an open world Sonic game. What did you think? 
I mean, right off the bat, it sounds like it would be a hit, rather like Sonic. He runs fast, open world. If they go everywhere, the- it it seems like like you know, pen and paper. It seems like a good idea. If they make the map big enough, because him running around that fast, it can, a big map can feel small. So it has to be a, an expansive enough map, and there's got to be shit to look at. I don't want to just look at green, 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 green. Oh, look, a squirrel. Like I want Dude, something. It, it's either. I don't know. It's either going to be a, it, it. There's going to be no middle ground. It's going to be a huge success, or it's going to be a huge flop. There's going to be no middle ground. <laughs> I. This is one of the games where I really, truly feel like the final preview and the reviews that come out are really going to help, like drive the sales or kill it. If it reviews poorly, do, I don't think it's going to do sell some, well. Do something like the movie. If they have to do some tweaks, like you know, you know, like hey, they didn't like how Sonic looked. They went back, spent some more money, changed it. It's it's just yeah. one of those things where <sighs> Sonic, they've tried everything else. They've tried 2D. They've tried 3D. They tried human characters. They've tried him transforming. They've tried freaking everything with Sonic. But what they haven't tried yet is this open world formula. So I, I think it could work. And even if it's open area, like a Monster Hunter, Legends Arceus, Halo Infinite type deal, I think that could work. Where my skepticism lies is that the Sonic team is making this. And the Sonic team just hasn't made a good Sonic game in two decades. And it's like, you were trusting... They're they're due, though. The best Sonic game of the last 20 years was made by a fan. So, like, I, I hope this is good. I hope it sells well. I'm interested. I'm not very optimistic, but I'm willing to look at more and see more and get more, and then we'll make our decision. Um, anything else you want to say about Sonic Frontiers? Uh, Sonic needs a hit because Sonic, I feel like, doesn't he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like when he was a kid, when we were a kid, like Sonic was the shit. Now it's, I feel like people are sleeping on Sonic. I just hope that, um, you know, you say he gets the credit he deserves. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if he deserves much credit because of these last 20 years. So hopefully um, he can kind of write that ship a little bit. That would be, that would be great. You're right. What about Warhammer space Marine two, Sam? I mean, this was, <laughs> I, I did. I play that. I'm trying to think which one I have. I don't know, but it's a Warhammer game and you like that shit. Yeah. Warhammer again, like it, the people, it, they Warhammer has its cold following. Um, it, it's funny, uh, Henry, uh, Cable was just interviewed and he was explaining to one of the late night, like late night talk show hosts in the UK. And he was explaining Warhammer, how he, you know, paints on builds on builds his army and battles and how fun it is. And it's just funny. They look at him like the biggest nerd, but it's like, it's Henry. So it's like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's so funny, but again, it, it was a, a, a game that again, you, you build up your armies and you go, you could you know, team up with your buddy, have a two on two, one on one. And it had a campaign. So I, I imagine the second one, I, I definitely, I should check a trailer if they release it. Yeah, they did. And we got to look at that. And then also what else hit? I, I, I kind of want to go fast now. Cause I think the rest of it was kind of trash. Um, at least we talked about Warhammer. I feel good. Dune spe- uh, Spice Wars Among Us is getting VR. Star Trek Resurgence is like a Telltale style game. Rumbleverse. We got to look at the Halo TV series and Arc Raiders. So this is where I'll pause and say we got a trailer for Sonic Two and we got a trailer for Halo. Let's just talk about those and then we'll kind of move on from the Game Awards stuff. 
Uh, Sonic 2, the trailer. I thought it was fun, even though I didn't love the first movie. This one looked good, and I thought Idris Elba's <clears throat> voice was great as Knuckles. What did you think? Again, I I really enjoyed the first one. I thought I was not expecting to like it, it uh, as much. Jim Carrey's back in, in, in two. He looks, his mustache is, is hilarious. Um, ben Schwartz back, obviously, Sonic. It, like Idris, I'm perfectly fine with his voice as Knuckles. He looks awesome. I can't wait to see him go up against Sonic and them to eventually, hopefully, team up and then take on Dr. Robotnik and uh, go from there. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, it, it looked like... It looks fun. It looks fun. It looked like the same movie, but with Tails and Knuckles. But that's yep. not and a bad James, thing. James Marsden's back in it, so it's, you know, yeah. Hey, if it get that money, not a bad thing. I thought it was fun. I'm excited for it. Um, I saw yeah, take the kid. I saw the first one. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I didn't, and I'm just like, oh, folks, Sonic. I didn't love it, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to see the sequel. I thought it looked better than the first one, although a brief glimpse. And I'm excited for it. Uh, what about Halo, the TV series? Uh, I think I told you. I, th- I thought it was a little boring. Um. I don't know. I again, maybe the people that who played it maybe got a little bit more hype, but for me, it was just a little boring, slow. You didn't show me shit, so I'll wait for the next uh, tease. Yeah, your analysis of the trailer was longer than the trailer, so we were told a trailer. It was really more of a tease. It was only like a minute long, and uh, truth be told, it besides Master Chief looking just phenomenal, game perfect, phenomenal. It did absolutely nothing for me. So I have faith of the look. Like, they nailed the look. Now they have to nail the story, the characters, the art style, the plot. They didn't didn't show me shit. Like, I'm tired of fucking games of Suicide Squad, this, and everyone just showing me trailers but not showing me nothing. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that. Uh, Suicide Squad Kills Justice League got a gameplay trailer. I didn't see any gameplay. I saw more CG. It could have been an engine, but I didn't see any, like... HUDs if there was or, gameplay, it was like five seconds of gameplay. Yeah, I, I just thought it was very underwhelming. It looks, it looks great. I just don't know what it still plays like, and I really don't have too much interest. Although, like yeah. I said, I'll pick it up. All right. Now we mentioned Halo. That was the last story we had, right? In the, in the game Awards. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm just taking it here. We mentioned Halo, and you said you talked about it earlier. You only played about three, four hours. What do you think of Halo Infinite's campaign? Uh, I like it a lot. It once you kind of break open that to the open world piece of it, I think it's it's just ten times better than the corridor stuff. Um, I think it makes a ton of sense to go the direction they went, and I think it's more like Ghost of Tsushima than it is Breath of the Wild or like a true open world game. Like it, if you think about Ghost of Tsushima, right? You get an objective on your map. And you look at it and you can set your waypoint and you can go to that thing. But when you get your objective on the map, 73 other things pop up and you're like, well, shit. And that's what happens here. Like they take you to the first mission. And then uh, as they scroll down the map to like take you to where you need to go, like six more things pop up. And I'm like, well, you bastards. Do I want to go do this thing or these seven other things? And I chose the seven other things. And so I'm still on like the third true story mission because I've just been going all around. And like, think of like the Mongol territory, right? Like in Ghost. That's what it's like here. You have the banished that took over a territory or actually it was a a marine base from like um, 
the Spartans, the Spartan base that they overthrew, and you almost got to take it back and make it a Spartan base for you. So, like, it has those type of elements where you kind of you can go off on the path and do your thing. You can go do a million side missions. And also, by the way, you can go overthrow the banished and get your territory back and make it safe base for you. So like, I got a lot of ghost vibes from that in first person. So that was a lot of fun. The gunplay is still phenomenal. It is not easy, which is great to say. You get thrown out into the open world and you think, all right, they're going to let me walk around for a second. No, you get ambushed immediately and you don't get refills on your ammo. Like you're stuck with what you had for the first two hours with the ammo capacity. So you're like, God damn and then it just works it just works the whole formula is phenomenal people saying it's the best campaign of halo ever i can't attest yet because i'm not uber uber far in the story so i gotta go there but from a gameplay and like a freedom perspective halo's never been better um that, that's good to hear because i know you were you know you kind of crapped on the last few so i'm glad that they got their footing yeah, halo 5 blows chunks we got our favorite Let's run down November's NPD. And like, do you ever, uh, do you ever hear of like, it's something called like twisted stats. Like you can make a stat look good or bad. Like no matter what, you could just kind of twist it. If I'm a baseball player and I hit 50 home runs, I could say, but this guy hit 50 home runs, but he only hit 191 and doesn't walk. So he's actually not as valuable as the stat would like make it yeah. look like. That's what I feel about this month. I, I'm just going to call it what it is. Metroid Dread is not on the list, and it's only in its second month. And that, to me, is a big deal. But people out there Uh are like, no, it's fine. It's sold fine. And I'm thinking like, okay. If it sold fine, it would have been on our top 20. But but Call of Duty came out. Pokemon came out. Forza came out. Like, there's stuff. So, like, maybe, and with Black Friday... Maybe people were like more pumped to buy Mario Kart because they just got to switch like those legacy titles. So I get that. So I said, all right, let me look at the top 10 switch games. because It's got to be on there. It's not. It's number 11. And I'm like, God damn. And it's going to sell. It's 3 million. It's going to be the best selling Metroid ever. It's the best Metroid ever, maybe besides super. But. I was expecting in its second month for it to be better than it is. And for more people for black Friday and things like that to pick it up. I'm hoping it makes a resurgence in December for the holidays. Cause there really isn't another big holiday game. Pokemon was kind of it brilliant diamond, shining pearl. So I'm a little disappointed and I don't believe all the people that are like, it's not a big deal because it is guys stop sucking the unit in the Nintendo teat. Call it what it is. That's an underperformance for its second month. It's okay. It's okay to be critical of Nintendo. It is. So let's get into the top 20 games here. Uh, Well, how about the top 19? Because my screenshot cut off at 19. Uh, Number 19, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number 18, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, five years later. Uh, Number 17, Minecraft. Number 16, new to the list, Shin Megami Tensei 5, the best-selling Shin Megami Tensei launch of all time. Number 15, Back for Blood. Number 14, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Number 13, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 12, Mario Kart 8. Number 11, Just Dance 2022. Number 10, NBA 2K22. Nice to see a sports game fall that far. Number nine, falling from number one, Far Cry 6. Number eight, FIFA 22. 
Number seven, staying at number seven. So very good from a sales perspective. Guardians of the Galaxy. Number six, Mario Party Superstars. Up from number eight, which is cool. Uh, Number five, Madden. Number four, new to the list, Forza Horizon 5. You know the craziest part about that? It debuts at number four, and this does not take Game Pass into consideration. Wow. So people still bought it, even though it's available for Game Pass, which 19 million people have. They still sold this many copies to land at number four. That's amazing. Great job to Forza. Number three, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Number two, Battlefield 2042. And number one, Call of Duty Vanguard. So the top four, yeah, top four games, all new to the list, all debuted in November. Great to see. And again, the Nintendo titles don't take digital into account. So who knows what their their list? Yeah, even though they already were all over the list, yeah, who, the majority of the list. Who knows where they would have been, you know, higher up if they did take digital into account. But and I got a, t- a text and a call from my uncle tonight saying he wants to buy a Switch now. So it's just he said I got a Nintendo question for it. I couldn't think of a better person. I said I got you, my dog. I got hey, and when you're related to the Nintendo, she- yeah. Well, he didn't say I couldn't think of a better person. I just wanted to inflate my <laughs> ego a little bit. But that was the top 20, really 19 best-selling games for November. December is going to be interesting um, for this month because November, I would imagine Pokemon, Forza, Call of Duty, Battlefield will all still be up there. When I think of like December titles that released, I got... I I just hope you see maybe Metroid show up Maybe at 20 again, like come back on top of the list, but like... Nintendo delayed their big December game, so that's not there. Sony doesn't have one, and Microsoft has Halo, which probably will be number one. Maybe Call of Duty will be number one because Game Pass, but Halo is going to be up there, so that'll be fun. Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Nintendo Switch online in January. It seems like they're just doing one game a month, and I just hate that. I hate that so very much. Can we please get two for the love of all things? I love Banjo-Kazooie. I'm excited to play it in handheld. I've never played it in handheld, but I would really love just more. I, I'm paying you $50. You greedy if it wasn't, we get it. If I wasn't paying for it, I wouldn't care. But I am. Of I need value for my money. <laughs> you went up two, almost two times. You went up 150%. 20 to $50. And you expect me not to bitch and complain? Yeah, I'm going to bitch and complain. But Banjo Kazooie, great game. January. We don't know the date. We just know it's next month. New PS5 color plates and DualSense colors are coming in January. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of this? At, at first, I was like, okay, something I really don't care for. And then I saw the one color and I was like, damn it, I'm going to have to get one. Yeah, purple. Yep. Purple. I need a purple controller. I may not even. It may just stay right in the box. But I. Want I have it. no reason to pull it out of the box. But like, I like the pink. The pink's cool. The the teal, or I guess the sky blue. Eh. The red was always nice. The black was there. But the purple is just, as the kids say, it. it's yeah, fly. The, the purple. The the purple slaps it. As the kids say. 
Do the kids uh, even say either know. one of those things anymore? I, I don't know. I, I I'm pretty sure I saw in some YouTube videos that they say slaps. So I'm I went with that. Um, but I don't know. The pur- purple. I'll spend the what seventy bucks. I'll take it. I have a white PS5. I have a white Nintendo Switch OLED. I have a white Xbox Series S. I don't want to mess the symmetry up of my beautiful. And I painted my bookshelf or my t- TV entertainment center white. And so my ceiling's white. My walls are gray, which is kind of whitish. So, like, I got a motif. I don't want to F the motif by getting something giant and purple because the PS5 is about six consoles in one, the size of it. So I don't want to do that. But from a controller point, yeah, I'll get a controller eventually, and it'll be purple because that's the only one that really stuck out to me. Pink is cool. Maybe if my girls eventually start playing PS5, I'll get them a pink controller. They will love the purple. Yeah, pink or purple. I mean, you can't lose. Purple is... One of my favorite, my top three favorite colors. If we've done that top three, we're looking at yellow and my 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 room's painted purple. Actually, my so. uh, my girl's room is painted. Well, her carpet is purple. So like, we got a pretty That's purple cool. upstairs, and uh, I, I love purple. Purple and yellow is my favorite color combination out there right now. It's a wonderful combination. I did not go to Westchester. I just really like that color combo. Uh, Anything else here for from you besides, hey, at least they're finally letting us do like legal, if you will, plates, because a lot of people are making the color plates and Sony was taking them down for that. So it's nice to see official. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't I don't need my PS5 colored. I'm, I'm happy with the just just the my last controller. I, I hope to ever buy for the PS5. Well, didn't uh, I think black's a popular one. though? Didn't you say you wouldn't have minded a black PS5? No, I, I I have my I have actually I have two white ones and I'll get the purple one and that'll be it. So I'll keep three. So we're getting the Hisuian Voltorb. I mean, it made sense. Yeah. Like for Hisuian, is that how you say Hisuian? Hisuian? Yeah, you nailed it. Um, it it makes total sense because, uh, and we're talking about for Legends Arceus, by the way. It makes total sense because. In Legends Arceus, since it's taking place in the Hisui region, which was before Sinnoh formed, they're not using today's Pokeballs. They're using those wooden Pokeballs with the metal clasp, with the little sparks or fireworks that come out of the top. So they're not giving us the – there are no such thing as the current Pokeball. And Voltorb is basically based off of a Pokeball. So you can't have that Voltorb in that world because those Pokeballs don't exist yet. So what are you going to do? You're going to make the Voltorb based off of the Pokeballs that they have there, which is like a wooden bottom. It's like a almost matte finish top. The eyes are big and goofy. I love it. He looks so goofy. He doesn't look pissed off like the original Voltorb does. Um, And he's electric grass. I think that is a wonderful type combo that I don't know if we've ever seen before. And if we have very rarely, this makes me excited to put him, if there is teams, I don't know how Arceus is going to work with that yet, but if I can put him on my team, he's going to go there because I love A, the design, and B, the typing. I, I'm more curious to see how Vol- uh, not Voltorb. Uh... You can do it. Electrode. Sorry, <laughs> brain fart. It's been a long time. Electrode. I, I think he would look. I, it, it, his bottom, it kind of reminds you of like a like a Naruto uh, design of his bomb, like the circular design. I can't think of the one character's name, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. And like we have Hisui and Growlithe, but we don't know anything about Arcanine yet. We have Hisui and Voltorb, which we don't know anything about Electrode yet. So there have been Hisui and forms that we haven't seen the evolution for, which makes me think 
is Hisui and Growlithe going to evolve into Hisui and Arcanine, or is it going to evolve into some other Pokemon that went extinct? Is Electrode even a thing in this world? Because there's, I know there's Pokeballs, there's Great Balls, and there's Heavy Balls, but I don't know if we're going to get the upside down thing. I don't know if Electrode's even going to exist. So it's just nice to come into the game with so much mystery because there's so much shit that we get spoiled for us all over the place and like trailers show everything and we get so much info, but this, they're doing a really nice job of kind of drip feeding us. And I really like that. I like it so much because I love regional variant Pokemon. I think they're so much fun when we get a new form of a Pokemon we already know and love. And especially one we hate because it gives you an opportunity to fall in love with it. And that's what I wanted to really make my list about was especially one of them. I hate the original form, love the regional. So we decided to do our top three favorite regional forms. That could be Hisuian, Galarian, or Alolan forms. Sam, start us off with your list. My number three, I went with the Alolan Sandslash. I love I just, Sandslash, yeah. I oh, I always like saying true. <laughs> and, and, and Sandslash was already cool in itself, and I just feel like he just got like a little upgrade, like a, like in Yu-Gi-Oh terms, he got like, like, a, like a metal coat and... You know, now he's all now he's what ice steel. So I just feel like he's even more badass. The metal coat of uh, is a thing in Pokemon too. That's how Scyther becomes Scizor. Is you trade him with a metal coat? Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And, there you go. And yep. Onyx becomes Steelix. But I digress. I love, I love the Alolan Sandslash. Didn't make my list. Probably would have been number four. His ice claws look awesome. Yeah, uh, so much about it's spiky, him. Spiky, spiky's like they're even like longer now. Like he just, yeah. he just looks awesome. He looks very menacing. So that was awesome. My number three is Alolan Raichu, uh, for a couple reasons. I always loved Raichu, and I never wanted to mess with they it. They just made him all like too cute. Well, he's sur- he's got serves on his tail. That's badass. So like, here's why I love Alolan Raichu. It's not for what he did, you know, for how he looks or anything like that. It's for what he did for me when I played Sun and Moon. When I played Sun and Moon, I didn't expect to add Alolan Raichu to my team, and then I learned he's part psychic. So you're talking electric psychic. Oh my gosh, what an awesome type combo. And so I put him on my team, and I just ran the train. He was the first one on my team to get to level 100. I beat the Elite Four a billion times that game. And uh, boy, I thought just for the contribution he made to my party and to my team, my playthrough team for that game, and for being an uh, you know a new form to a Pokemon I've always loved, he looks awesome in new Pokemon Snap. You can take photos of him there in a couple different poses. Alolan Raichu, thank God they didn't do Alolan Pikachu because Pikachu sucks. But Alolan Raichu, love him. Of course, of course. My number two, I had to go with the Alolan Ninetales. I mean, Ice Fairy Ninetales already the shit, but right off the bat. He reminds me of Karama from Yu Hakusho. I would he's, agree. Y- that's a definitely. He's Yoko, the silver fox-haired demon. And that's exactly what it reminds me of. And I was like, you know what? I think I would prefer the Alolan over the regular Ninetales. When uh, I did a playthrough of Ultra Sun Ultra Moon, I decided to give my Pokemon all nicknames. And I named uh, my Ninetales uh, Yoko. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so I agree. Not after Yoko, no, but yeah. Yeah, not you can't fit. Only 12 characters. But like. I uh, I loved it. it I love Nine Tails. Not probably wouldn't make my top ten, but right around that ten to twelve mark, I would say. Um, I do love the original Nine Tails more for his card, for his base set card. 
than yep. than and anything he's ever done. Every time you pull, you think it'd be Charizard. <laughs> <laughs> they, I've definitely gotten the old uh, tease there too. Uh, my number two is definitely a weird one, and this is the one that I hated the original form and love the Galarian form. The Galarian form of Stunfisk. Uh, the original Stunfisk is basically a useless trash Pokemon. He is horrible. Nobody uses him. He is pointless, and he's a little stupid flat fish. And in Galari, in Gal- uh, Galar, I should say, the Galarian Stunfisk actually has use. It's wild. Number one, he's a steel ground type, which is just really cool. Number two, his design is awesome. Number three, his beak is... They colored his beak to look like a Pokeball. And when you're playing the games, if you find a Pokeball on the ground, you pick it up because it's an item. But in this game, when you find him as a Pokeball on the ground and you go to pick him up, he acts like a bear trap and claws your ass to death. It's awesome. I thought it was really neat the way that uh, Galarian Stunfisk is used in the overworld of the game. He's not on my playthrough team. He's not somebody I'd ever really consider using, but I love his new typing. He'll always be in the box. You'll catch him. He'll go in the box. He will never see the light. Never of day. see the light of day. Unless I'm doing like a ground or steel nuzlocke. No. I'll never see no. the light. But no. <laughs> always loved him for the overworld, his design, and his typing. Not somebody I use, but I love Galarian Stunfisk. My number one, I'm actually surprised I like it this much. I, I still never got to pull his new card in Chilling Rain, the alternate card version of the card. I had to go with the Galarian Articuno. Wow. You like the Galarian? I, I love the original Articuno. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, of same, like, same. I, I, I actually like them all, but Articuno was always my favorite. But I just feel like they made him like, like, look like Knight Rider, like, threw, like, made him like Batman. You know, threw some, like, you know, like a little cow on him with his little eyes. Look, he looks awesome. And now he's psychic flying. I was like, come on. I mean, you know, what, what's not to love here? And I was, I'm still pissed. I still hopefully one day I'll get that card, but. Glaren Articuno. I think that was a, a nice little uh nice little fine tune they did there. Articuno will always be my favorite of the three original birds, but he's my least favorite of the Galarian birds. And Moltres is actually opposite. Moltres is my least favorite of the original. He's my favorite Galarian for, and then Zapdos is right there in the middle for both. But yeah, Zapdos least favorite, Moltres number two. Uh my number one is I always love the original Cantonian form, but something about the Alolan form. Just jumped out of me. I used them in my Let's Go Eevee playthrough, not my Sun or Moon playthrough, oh, oddly enough. Maybe I used them actually in my original Sun and Moon too. I can't remember, but I definitely used the shit out of them in my Let's Go Eevee playthrough. The Alolan Muck. Uh, ah, that's nice. That's a void. I love Muck, number one. I think Muck and Grimer is a completely underrated line. Uh, and then go- the Alolan Muck, where you add like the jewels around his face and like yeah. the colors that he has are all trippy. And when you play him in the game and those colors look like they're dripping, it kind of looks like a painting that's like running down like your screen. And it's it looks really cool. Um, I think he's poison fairy or poison psychic. I can't remember poison dark. I can't remember the type combo, but it's a banging type combo. And uh, I love his design. I love everything about him. Alolan Grimer, by the way, equally as cool. But you know, I'm going to give it to the going to give it to the evolution. Alolan Muck. Next up, we have Nintendo's Indie World recap. Um, it was fine. Moving on. Like 
I, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. I don't know why I get hyped for these things when I know. I mean, I, I figured if it would be anything, it would be one thing that stood out, exactly. and that was. And it. that's exactly what happened. The Messenger is a great game. The team that's that made the Messenger is making a JRPG now. It's called Sea of Stars, uh, and uh, uh, there it's it's instead of a side-scrolling action game or Metroidvania, it's a JRPG. So, and it's a prequel. So, like that's a cool connection. I like it. But every time I watch one of these things. I think to myself, all right, sports story or something I have no idea about, or like at least, at least the one more thing will be cool. And they just continue to let me down. The only things I cared about were Sea of of Stars and Locomotive, which is a point and click adventure game on a train that is a murder mystery because I loves me the game of Clue and a little murder mystery action, baby. So you combine those two things, I'm down. Everything else, though, I just I, I just can't, couldn't get excited, and uh, that's a shame. It's a real shame. Twenty minutes, cool switch. I love switch. It's cool. I just can't wait for the next direct. I'm not going to go game by game here. If you love indie games, check it out. It's twenty minutes of your time. Get excited for Sea of Stars. I'm excited for Locomotive. That's about it. Doctor Disrespect, the 1993-1994 blockbuster video game champion and true, is starting a new game development studio with the help from Halo and Call of Duty veterans. <clears throat> that is the most you've ever elaborated on one of my headlines and like made it your own. <laughs> and of course, it's for the doc, so I appreciate that. I'm going to let you take this one because I, I, if I had a shit in my hand, I wouldn't give it to nobody. I don't give a shit. So basically, he teamed up with former Call of Duty creative Robert Bowling and Halo 5 multiplayer designer Quinn Del Hoyo. Yeah, he made that public on Twitter before he should have. So actually, I knew about this news before I should have. Yeah, so it's a new game studio called Midnight Society. And his quote is to make it the best, most commonly focused online PvP multiplayer experience the world has ever seen. And if you've been watching the doc, if you know anything about of what this game is going to be, it is going to have the best damn audio quality any game ever had. Because if you watch them play Warzone, Halo, you know the one thing he complains the most about is is hearing that he hears nothing. The hearing sucks. He's broken. God knows how many controllers, thrown how many you know damn mouses, keyboards, whatever. But again, you know he's a big man in industry. He's you know developed you know um, was it Call of Duty Modern Warfare three maps, uh, Advanced Warfare maps. Um, so he definitely has experience. I'll hopefully have the right people behind him with, you know, the money to be able to build something like this. And it, all he needs is to build something that's actually great. And if he has the all the YouTubers, you know, all like the, the big guys that, that play for actually money and stuff, as long as they're behind him, this could be something big. I have nothing to add. I just, you know me, I'm just not a doctor disrespect <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah, I, I just my boy. I mean, I'm just hey that you know for coming from being on Twitch now he's on YouTube did start his own game studio. He's he's climbing the ladder, so wish him the best. And the last story we have in gaming, Ubisoft is remaking the original Splinter Cell from the ground up with the number one dev team in Toronto. Nothing really to add here either because I'm not a huge Splinter Cell guy, but I understand how impactful and important that game is. I know there's a lot of Tom Clancy fans out there and people have been wanting a new Splinter Cell game for a long time. While you're not getting that, you are getting a ground up remake of the first one. So there will be some new elements there and things like that. Plus, it'll look a lot different. So um, I'm excited for everybody who's excited, but this is not a game for me. I will pass. 
I haven't played a Splinter Cell over 10 years. Well, maybe this is, I mean, this is the original. So maybe, just maybe, you never know. Uh, moving on to the movie section, we have reviews for Spider-Man and the Kingsman. Let's start with Spider-Man No Way Home. You'll be seeing it this weekend. Yeah, this Saturday, I cannot wait. I am basically going dark from here on. I will try not to be on Instagram. Twitter is the wor- the last place I'll ever go. Well, you could just mute, you I- could just mute the words, though. I, I won't even go. I don't even want to mute. I won't even go on. I don't even want something to miss it. This is something I even I can't. I feel like even I'm what I, I feel feeling like what I'm going to get what I'm expecting. But still, I don't want to see it on a screen. I just want to go in and just bam. There it is. Well, here is the review. Spider-Man No Way Home hits all the right notes as the MCU's latest entry. Its impact on the universe as a whole, as well as the overall emotional beats all f- all feel earned. Stellar performances meet what feels like a Saturday morning cartoon rife with all the devastating punches we've come to expect from this sneaky universe. Though it struggles with some tired superhero tropes, everything else about it will leave fans grinning ear to ear. I think I saw iGen gave it an yeah, eight. That's correct. Eight. I'd see 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I, I know one buddy who saw it. He said it was he said it was amazing. There's two end credit scenes from what I was told. Yes, I've heard that too. I again, I, I'm just going to avoid social media. I don't need to see no trailers. I'm I'm just ready for Saturday. I already it's it's going to make a boatload of money for for a minute. I, I thought I was beat. I thought it was going to be sold out because you know I'm looking online that people were selling tickets for hundreds of dollars. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. So did I. Right? You know I mean? But you got your way right in there, huh? Yeah, it was seventeen bucks. It's going to be pe- so shit though. Well, you know, again, it's like, you know, you got Omicron Percy uh, I ate out there. You know what I mean? Just, I don't even know if it's Woodhaven, the Sham. I don't even know which one we freaking picked anymore, but you got your, you know, the whatever one you're, you have your own seat. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're sitting cheek to cheek, but, yeah. um, you know, it, it, I, I love that. It's not like the old days. I don't have to get there an hour early to try to get a seat. I can, you know, my seat's already picked. I can just kind of relax and get there. In my own this is a weeknight after work thing for me. Like I'm thinking like a Tuesday night after work late as shit where nobody hopefully will be there and I can kind of just do that. I hope to have this scene by the next time we record as well. Our plan is by next week to at least have Sam's impressions and he'll see it Saturday. I hope to as well. So hopefully we can give you some spoiler free talk. It's been a while since we've done like a really nice long spoiler free conversation about something. So I want to do that. This is my most anticipated movie in a long time. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm going to be honest. If I see this Saturday, it's probably going – and I'm, if it's going to be good, it nothing is going to trump this for the pick of the week next week. I, I know how you feel. So you see something new. I mean, if you want, I'll half-ass pick something else for the pick of the week. But if I it, I have a feeling that this one is going to be a good one. I I saw Tom Holland say, make sure you bring some uh, tissues. So it's probably going to be a tearjerker. Michael uh, – was it um, Michael Giacchino? He's back. He's doing the music. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. You do you with the pick of the week. Just because I do it one way doesn't mean you don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I know like you'll have it set up like, and I'll be like, I'll just have to tell you up front, like Greg, it's right up front where we're starting it big. We'll just say it's your pick of the week, and then just say I reserve all comment till our spoiler talk or whatever. Uh, and let's get into the Kingsman review as well. This one didn't fare as well from a score perspective, but who cares? It's uh, maybe different strokes for different folks. The ambitious, strange, and overstuffed The Kingsman really does have magic woven in. There are standout moments that on their own deserve a 9 out of 10. The action is stunning. Uh, The writing at times is laugh-out-loud funny, but it also drags a lot, gets confused with its own logic, 
and politics and struggles to make any clear statements. For that reason, this is an undoubtedly undoubtedly uh, divisive flick, even for this reviewer. I'm not that reviewer, so I I wanted to skip that part, but I didn't. Six? Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie I plan on seeing eventually. I love the first one. Yeah. I, I was gonna say the first one. It's even. It's no, nothing touches the first one. That that battles that church scene is still one of the best freaking films. Sure, like action scenes I've ever freaking seen. I would agree. Um, again, I, I'm glad to see Matthew Vaughn still directed them. Um, but again, the the second, third, the, the second one didn't hit Golden Circle. And look, I'm sure this is probably more of the same. You're gonna have your moments of good action. I'm, I'll see it, but I'll wait till Netflix or it's on demand or something. The Eternals is coming to Disney Plus January 12th. Did you see that? I did see Eternals, and it was um, it, it's in the back pocket if I needed a pick of the week. But it was a lot better than I thought. I know a lot of people crapped on it. Still, probably maybe a tad too long, but certain characters hit, and I and it's at least worth a watch one time. Well, I will watch it one time on January twelfth. <laughs> Kickass <laughs> might be coming back in a couple years for a reboot. Again, Kick-Ass, the, I, the first movie I love. The second one, uh, not so much. Didn't really hit for me. They're going to need a new Kick-Ass. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he's freaking like a 30-year-old man now. So uh, Was it Aaron, imagine, Aaron Taylor Johnson or something? Yeah, Aaron Taylor Johnson. So, um, yeah, I don't think – I mean, I, I know they keep – they interviewed uh, – was it Chloe Grace Moretz if she'd come back as Hit Girl? And she said that she would if the, if the script was right. But if, if they're doing a complete reboot, I, I it's probably a little bit old for it. Oh, oh, so sorry. Excuse me, man. I am crazy. Um, a little bit of breaking theatrical news here as well. The Blue Beetle film from DC that was supposed yeah. to come to HBO Max exclusively. Oh, no. Will now release in theaters. Ooh. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I don't know if it will be HBO Max and theaters, but it'll be theatrical August 18th, 2023. Okay, I'm here for that. Okay, DC showing a little shine a light on Blue Beetle. Okay, yeah. Uh, so spread the love. So there's that for all you DC Blue Beetle fans. As we move into TV, a Gotham Knights series is in the works for the CW. Uh, Batman's dead, so like, don't get used to seeing him in this. But yeah, there's that. Yeah. So is it is it going to be all of them? Is it going? You know, are we getting Damien? Is it Tim Drake? Are we getting Nightwing? Is it everyone Batgirl? Like I is it based again, off it, the it, game and that court of no, 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 stuff? They, they said it. They they said it wasn't okay. It, it, they said it's, it's not a spinoff of Batwoman, nor is it tied to the upcoming Gotham Knights video game. Good. I again, CW. Are they just going to CW fight again? And all the shows and there's already what eight or nine. I feel like there's so many. I can't even keep up now. I'm just like. Hopefully it's good. I I, I got to give it a chance, but goddamn, let's just tack on another one to the pile. Well, you got a while first, right? You still got a while. I'm sure. So I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. You got probably a, a year and a half or so. I mean, this takes time. Takes time. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy Bebop has been canceled by Netflix. Yeah. Again, the first season with reviews are all over the place. I just wanted to. Mostly I negative. Up, uh, Let's call it what it is. Mostly mad to negative. There weren't really many glowing yeah. positive reviews. Now, what's the guy? The guy who plays Jeff Back. It was uh, Mufasa Shakur mm-hmm. on Instagram. He had a nice post. I, I just wanted to read it. I, I thought it was very nice. He said, "What a cool opportunity, right? I got to play Jet Black. I'll never not be him, so to speak. 
That's badass to me. Netflix went balls to the wall for us in order to get it done. They've really looked out for us when shit hit the fan. But at the end of the day, business is business. And this was a big ship that needed a lot of fuel. Maybe the, quotes haters and the critics got us. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought. You know, like a hands up emoji. All I know is we got this done under the craziest conditions. And I'm proud of what we did. Thank you for dreaming with us. See you, Space Cowboys. Forever yours, Jet Black. I just thought that was a very classy way to just kind of, you know, walk your way out of just getting canceled after your first season. It's it's a shame. I, I would have, I, I would have, I feel like there was a good, uh, there was a, a good show somewhere in there, but they just changed too much from the original and they tried to do their own thing and it, it just didn't work. And just such a shame. I'm glad they tried it. It doesn't give me good, uh, give us good hope for Yu Yu Hakusho, which is coming on Netflix and. Hopefully they can kind of figure something out and they can kind of get back on track to animate to live action. It's just one of those days where you don't want to wake up. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate. Um, you know, you, you chalk this one up to a lot of creative liberties that just fell flat. Yeah, you try, you yeah. try to be too original at points, but he makes a really solid point where he says, I'll never not be jet black. I feel that way about our podcast all the time. Like we could get shut down tomorrow Everything could just go to shit. We could stop being friends at the same time for five years. Hopefully not. Knock, knock on, wood. on wood. But for five years, we did it. And we had yeah. some 41 cartel surge 10 times. We're now oh, friends with them. Like we had a hell of a time. You know, movie directors, game devs, you name it. And we've had them on this pod. And that will never Look not at be us. a thing. I, I know. Look I'm at us. goosebumps thinking about it. That will never not be a thing. So that's very Look touching. Oh, Rod. Yeah, right. no, seriously, that's why I wanted to read that. I was like, dude, that was awesome. I want to make sure, like, you know, someone else hears that. Like, that was what class. Uh, speaking of class, the Goonies uh, are, are getting a Disney Plus series. So I know the guys in Chunk, no Captain Chunk, are happy because that's where they got the band name from. But uh, yeah, Goonies getting Disney Plus. I have to imagine this will be a new batch of Goonies because it better not be them as adults because they old now. And uh, yeah, yeah, but. Uh, you tell me you wouldn't have a show with Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, I mean, Corey Feldman. I mean, but again, directed by this, the, the Goonies movie, originally directed by Richard Donner, rest in peace, screenplay by Chris Columbus, and story by Steven Spielberg. Like, like all heavy hitters. Yeah. What did you, did you ever see it? Or do you like, did you yeah, watch it, it a lot as a kid? No, it, it wasn't one that I went back a lot. I think I saw once or twice. I was like, okay, it, it was a good movie, but it wasn't one that I just kind of like, oh my God, I love it. I just thought it, I just thought it was good. Yeah, I didn't see it till I was like sixteen or seventeen, and I think maybe by then it just missed me. Yeah, dude, I think it was me too. Like I didn't see it like early. I saw it later, and I was like, okay, it was good. Yeah, I didn't I think just didn't it was have very that good connection to it. I didn't think it was very good. At the same time, I know exactly what I was hanging out with, and I was trying to impress a lady. So maybe I was oh. just probably talking the whole time and being a douche. Like get I a truffle shuffle. I was. I mean, I can now. <laughs> Back then, when I was cut like a fucking diamond. I couldn't, but now I'm cut like a fucking beer keg. And so things are a little different. Perfect. Things are a little different. Uh, anyway, Sam, bring us home with your weekly water. Oh, weekly water this week is a game that I'm pretty sure we both played growing up. Me, for certain, this was my favorite one out of the series. This is Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortez Strikes Back. On the PlayStation 1, came out in 1997. I was only freaking eight. This is the promotional copy because there's a hole drill on the top left-hand corner. So obviously it was before the release, so they did the drill mark. It was a promotional copy. 
made and printed in the USA. This is the lenticular cover. This means it was the first print. Um, I happened to get this last year. Um, our buddy Dom, Dominator Comics on IG, he helped me. He submitted this to Wada. I think it was about last year. So Wada had this about a year. Um, we all know about how backlogged Wada is. I know I've, I've mentioned that many times on the podcast. Um, I have this at a 7.5 A seal rating. Um, I think I thought they topped the drill hole marking at 8 because I know I've seen a drill hole punched at an 8.0. But again, if you have a little other defect, so it makes sense to have a 7.5 sealed. I am perfectly happy with that. Um, this is the first party Y seam with the Sony security label and tear strip. This was developed by Naughty Dog, directed by Jason Rubin, produced by Mark Cerny, and music composed by Josh Mansell. IGN gave this one an 8.5 out of 10, and EGM, Electronic Gaming Monthly, also gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, you played this one growing up, right? Yeah, I have it uh, complete in box. Now, was this, would you say this is your favorite out of the bunch, or do you have a favorite? Uh, four is up there, but this is this one will always be my favorite, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, this one and the two, for all, uh, the other second one for the PlayStation 2, that was a little bit different. I thought that one was pretty good. I, that's probably my number two. Um, but by de- by December 2007, it sold 3.78 million copies in the U.S. and 1.3 million in Japan, totaling a 5.08 million copies sold for Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strike Back. Happy to have this one in the collection. Um, I know recently WADA released the population reports just for NES games, and I believe they said their plan is to have out the entire library of all games by May of 2022. So by then, I'll be curious to see, you know, go back and then look at the census, and then you can know from there, because the most graded NES game right now is, I believe it's Super Mario 3. Yeah, I would have guessed that. If that was your question, I think I would have gotten that without guesses. Or without... Yeah, I think... Yeah, it's like that, like Legend of Zelda, like, they're the main two. Mike Tyson's punch out. Like, they're, they're the big hitters. Um... I think there was one other case. I can't think of Little name, Nemo, but... the Dream Master. We all know. We all know. Well, again, you're always going to have that random case pack that someone's been sitting Honey on. Tune Adventures. Johnson. Yeah, I'm sure they exist. Right, that but that's great. this week's weekly WADA Crash Bandicoot 2. Cortez strikes back. We will see you all next week. Bye. Uh, <laughs> that was it for episode 263. We got Big one next week because at least one of us is going to be talking about impressions for Spider-Man No Way Home. Hopefully both of us. I I don't know, though. I got two birthday parties this weekend, one for my daughter, one for my mother-in-law, and then it's Christmas week. So I really have no idea what's going to fucking go on because I'm hosting. So like, man, you're in too deep. Oh, there's something (laughs) to say. Here's a little PSA. We're going to be recording on Wednesday the next three weeks. So there's that. We'll re- release on Thursday the next three weeks. So you'll have a day early and a day less of news. But me thinks that there's going to be uh, a shorter news cycle. I don't think we're going to be getting a big bunch of news over the hey, last it's not day. It's short and sweet. You know, something better than nothing. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be getting a ton of, of news. But, but also next week, Spider-Man No Way Home from Sam, maybe me, and... Hawkeye finale on Wednesday, so we get to give our full talk oh, on that. And I should have mentioned I forgot. Um, Witcher season two episodes available now. Yeah, that's all episodes now. on Netflix season two. Yeah, so we're definitely gonna have stuff to talk about uh, next week. It'll be a fun show. I'm excited. See y'all next week, everybody, for episode two sixty four.
see you, Space Cowboys. Hey!